is duplicated. Um, he's going to say the same same things about hell. Um, and clearly, the most clear thing he says about hell is you avoid it at all costs. If it takes losing your hands, like it says here in Matthew 5, go into life and be, and be happy about it. Avoid hell at whatever cost. Whatever you have to give up to stay away from this place, you stay away from it. Kelly and I were talking about this this morning. Kids, we're talking about um, punishment. Uh, and she's saying, listen, dude, you, you don't... <laughs> You don't want, if I'm doing this, you need to stop doing that punishment. I promise it's not going to be worth what you get out of, of doing that thing. I will make it not do that. That's kind of what God says with, with hell. He doesn't tell us a ton about it, but what he does say very clearly is do everything in your power to stay away from the place. Here's some more of the things that he tells us about it. The people there will also have glory. Um, there's going to be a physical aspect to those bodies. They're not physical, they're not flesh and blood, but there will be a physical component to it because they feel pain. That's the terrible thing about hell, right? Um, at least one of them. The initial thing, the, 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 the heaviest thing that makes hell hell is that God's not there. You haven't experienced that. Um, there's never a spot, no matter how dark or how far you've run away from God, here where he hasn't been there. Hell is not there. He's removed himself from that place. So that's one thing that makes hell hell. The other thing that makes hell is that there will be, there will be pain there. Listen to what he says in Matthew 10, 28. And don't fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body. Or destroy. We need to think about that for just a second. Um, it's not annihilated. It's not um, completely done away with. This is um, this is this word is used ninety time, ninety two times in the New Testament, and it never once means annihilation. This word he uses for destroy never once anywhere else in the New Testament means annihilation. It's usually translated lost, as in the prodigal son was lost in Luke fifteen thirty two, but he's still in the far country. He's not been annihilated. He's physically somewhere. Uh, he's just far away from God. He's lost. And Jesus in Matthew 18, 11 came to seek the lost. He's not looking for something that's not there. Those people still exist, and he's looking for them. Um, all that to say, this word destroy gives us some impressions um, that are not biblical. So let's kind of straighten out our thinking here. You should fear the one who can ruin the body and soul and hell. Vines, um, a New Testament Greek scholar has it this. He says, the idea is mission, but ruin, loss. Not a being. He's not, he's not uh, obliterating your being. He's obliterating your well-being. There will be pain there. In fact, there will be incredible pain there. This word he uses uh, in... Uh, uh, well, sorry, it should be... Um, flip over to Mark chapter 9. Yeah, there it is. Um, Mark chapter 9, verse 43. We read a, a similar verse to this earlier, but focus on the unquenchable fire component here. This fire is a metaphor used to describe the level of pain. Your hand on, the, on a hot eye, uh, of the stove or, or, or grab something out of the stove and it was hotter touches up with fire or something, that, that pain, 
is what he's using to describe the type of pain that will be in hell if it would at all cost. People will be certainly conscious there. This is not a, a place to sleep. This is not a place of annihilation. There will be people who are awake, who are conscious um, there. Okay. It too is eternal. Uh, Mark 9 verse 48 uh, reminds us of that. Worm does not die. It's another um, he's using to convey the thought of eternality. This is a never-ending sense. There it is. Um, so this verse in Matthew 25, verse 46, um, he says the same thing about heaven and hell. So if hell is going to end, if I'll be annihilated in hell, then heaven has an ending point as well. He uses the exact same term in Matthew 25, verse 46, when he says, And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Um, so neither one of these things, neither one of these places has an ending point. They're both eternal. One's just as much eternal as the other one is. You need to make sure you stay away from hell. Do what you have to do. Exhaust yourself here in His service to make sure that you stay away from this place. Do what you have to do. Jump over preconceived notions. Burn relationships with family so that you can get inside of Christ so that you can exhaust yourself in His service so you stay away from this place. What do I know about Judgment Day? Very quickly. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says it's an appointment we're all going to keep. Everybody's going to be there. Uh, nobody gets away from this particular uh, thing. Everybody's going to be judged. Acts 2.38 teaches us that, well, one of the things that we know about Judgment Day is that it's not going to be based on my goodness. You're not going to be able to get there and say to God, well, here's a list of things that I've done that were good. I helped that old lady cross the street. I opened the door for my mom. That's not what Judgment Day is going to be based on. It's not based on your goodness because none of us are good, right? All of us have fallen in sin. All of us have fallen short in sin. None of us good. And so what's it going to be based on? Well, it's going to be based on whether you were inside of Christ or not. If you're inside of Christ and you've exhausted yourself in His service, then you get in. If you're outside of Christ, you are condemned. That's what the Bible says. Um, listen to what he says in Acts 2.38. I know you know this verse, but I wanted to read it for us. This is too important and a topic to, to skip over lightly. So Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. That's the reason you're immersed into Christ. If you do it for some reason other than that, salvation is not imputed to you. He says you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, on Judgment Day, he's not going to be saying to you, tell me the things that you did that were good. It doesn't matter. He's going to say, tell me where you in Christ. And he's going to know. There's not going to be any hiding. There's not going to be any tricking. Are you inside of Christ or not? And that decides your final destiny. Some will be surprised. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23, the passage that, uh, that Mike read for you this morning, teaches us that. Some people are going to be convinced on the judgment day that they really belong in the category that he puts them in. Some people are so convinced right now that they're saved and they're not that when judgment day comes, they're going to be surprised. You don't be surprised. Sitting in an auditorium, coming to 
a congregation this morning, you don't be surprised. You search the scriptures to figure out what you have to do to be saved, and you don't be surprised. You make sure that you're aware of what it takes and make sure that you have done what it takes to be saved. You make sure you get inside of Christ. Again, I'll have all my lessons, I'll have all my notes uh, on this topic uh, out on the table for you. Feel free to grab those uh, if, you, if you like them. Uh, if you'd like them, uh, feel free to grab one. I'll come back to all these topics. I wanted to provide a very quick overview and deal with this question right now, but I want to come back later and, and kind of parse out some of this stuff and think more deeply about these issues. Um, but for now, we're going to have to leave it there. This evening, or this morning, if you're not inside of Christ, condemnation waits. Um, it, the Bible's clear about that, right? There's not, there's not any ambiguity. If you're outside of Christ, you're condemned. But it doesn't have to be that way. He hasn't given you something that's impossible to do. You simply are immersed into Christ in water to, for the purpose of the forgiveness of your sins. And then you're added to His family, but you, you get inside of Christ. And then you have the hope of heaven if you're exhausting yourself in His service. This morning, if you've not done that, why not do that this morning? What are you waiting on? There's no better time than right now. If you've already made that decision, but you've not been exhausting yourself in His service, if there's something that we can help you with, we want to pray for you that you can be everything that God can have you to be. Why don't you come this morning as we stand and sing?
morning, church family. If you're visiting with us, we are glad you decided to worship with us this morning. If you can take out a moment to fill out a visitor card in front of you so we can have record of your attendance, we'd greatly appreciate that. And I also want to say how great it is to have all our college kids here. I know, Wesley, you're not in college anymore, but you'll always be in our hearts in college. So, uh, um, <laughs> so but... Um, it's, uh, and I also want to say thank you to all the people who wish me uh, a happy birthday. Today's my 50th birthday, and I haven't heard one positive thing yet about being 50. And um, as Brian was telling me, um, it's downhill from here. Uh, Chapman Funeral Home van pulls up to the church, and I'm like, man, you know. <laughs> I want her to hand me a brochure or something, you know. So, But, uh, but thank you for all the birthday wishes. Um, a uh, reminder to all our teens, there is a devotional at Sherry Pittman's house uh, after services this evening. Uh, there will be a bonfire and also a hot dog roast. Um, also, uh, today, deacons, there's a meeting at 5 o'clock, so deacons, uh, please plan on being there for that meeting at 5, at 5 p.m. in the conference room. Also, this Wednesday, uh, during the Thanksgiving holidays, uh, this Wednesday, there will be a devotional only, no Bible class at 7. Uh, so uh, there will be no Bible class for that. Also, this coming Saturday is Andrew and Savannah's wedding shower uh, on November 25th. I don't see any of the Millers here. I don't know what time that is. It may be in the bulletin, but uh, uh, do uh, at what time? 11 o'clock. Thank you. It's 11 o'clock. So uh, I do encourage uh, y'all to support this young couple uh, on their future. Uh, so that's Andrew and Savannah's wedding shower at 11 o'clock on November 25th, this Saturday. Also, December 3rd is the uh, teen holiday gift exchange at the Williams House. Um, also, new quarter starts December 3rd as well. Um, we're still needing teachers for pre-K for Sunday morning and also Wednesday. And we're also needing a first and fourth um, uh, grade teacher for Wednesday. If you can help out teaching please see Jeremy or Connie. Uh, for Young at Heart, uh, we are planning on doing Young at Heart in December. Uh, the preschool is going to, um, I think anybody can come to this. Uh, it doesn't matter how old you are, but the preschool is going to do Young at Heart for us. They're little kids, they come in there and they sing us some songs and they're going to serve us a meal uh, for lunch uh, that day, but it's really sweet and cute. And I do encourage you to come to that. Uh, I, I love it, uh, just watching those kids sing. Um, also, um, uh, there is no potluck uh, in the month of November. Um, instead of doing 1 o'clock service, we'll have 6 o'clock service um, that, that evening. So uh, no potluck, no 1 o'clock service, 6 o'clock service. Um, Updates on our prayer list. Remember the Carico family. Uh, Darren lost a cousin that passed away last week, uh, Gary uh, Carico. So keep the Carico family in your prayers. Keep uh, uh, Jim Wilgus and Jim Haney and Jim Martin and Chuck Davison and Jackie Hutchison and uh, Gloria Faulkner uh, in your prayers as they continue with their cancer and their cancer treatments at this time. Keep Carolyn O'Lynn in your prayers as she's still at uh, Ironton going through rehab and physical therapy. Um, keep Friday Simpson in your prayers. She said her infusions are working, um, but
but she still needs prayers, and she appreciates the prayers she's gotten so far. Uh, keep Terrell Spitzer in her prayers. Uh, continue to keep uh, the Davison family in your prayers for Trey. Um, Mary, continue to keep Beverly Edwards in your prayers as well. She had knee surgery last week. She is now at home uh, recovering from that. And keep Bob Mayo's sister, Misty Mayo, in your prayers. She had um, her second brain surgery to correct a uh, facial nerve spasm, and, and it has not worked. So uh, keep um, Misty Mayo in your prayers as well. Uh, keep all the ones who are traveling this week for holidays in your prayers as well, that they get to their destinations safely and they make it back home. Uh, that's all the announcements I have. Looking forward to seeing everybody again this evening at 6 o'clock. We'll sing one more song and be dismissed in prayer. Let's all please stand again. We'll sing hymn number 66. Beautiful. <clears throat> we'll sing the first two verses and then Brother Dean Covey will have a prayer. Beautiful robes so white, beautiful hands so white, beautiful homes so bright, we're just a crowd so high, beautiful crowd Let us pray. Father in heaven, we have just heard a sermon that has probably touched all the hearts in this room. Some of it we might not have known. And I appreciate what is being said every Sunday here at the church. I appreciate everyone here that has meant so much to me already. Father, please be with all of us. Guide us and direct us to our homes, to our families. Let us work for you. 
Let us tell people about Christ. Father, we want to be with you in heaven. So if there's things that we haven't been doing, we, we should get started. Heavenly Father, bless this day. Bless this week. Bring us back next week to worship you again. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.